It's the most natural thing in the world. No. Yes. No. What? How could this have happened? I take it this wasn't a planned pregnancy. It's a beautiful, magical experience. St. Jerome's Hospital. Ah! John Travolta. Oh, come on, breathe deep, breathe deep. Oh. Try to help me just fight. Kirstie Alley. Give me some drugs. Oh, thank you a really lot. Now that is a little more like it. Hey, here's Mr. Hand here. Wow. And Bruce Willis as the voice of Mikey. There's a lot to unpack about Arm and Hammer. Um, and what... and so I just want to say two things about Army Hammer. Uh, the first is that he starred in the Disney uh, live-action adaptation of The Lone Ranger, which uh, starred um, Johnny Depp as a uh, as Tonto, as a Native American, and every part of that sentence is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second thing is that his full name is Armand Hammer, and he has a... a uh, relative further back in his family tree named Armand Hammer. That's a real guy, and obviously if you spell out that name, it spells Arm and Hammer, and you're like, oh, like the baking soda company. And the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but the baking soda company existed before there was a guy named Armand Hammer, and then Armand Hammer found out about the company and bought it because it had the same name as him. Oh, okay. That's kind of how, you know, people do stocks. It's like yes. they, they like their initials that their initials are the same stock. That's that's it's a like, plot point in an episode. Right. It's of like, it's like picking a horse uh in a race cuz you like the name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the descendant of that man is a cannibal. Sit on the west side. Looking at the Jersey skyline. She's in a real bad mood. You're listening to Probably Should Have Known Better, celebrating comedy that has aged very poorly. My name is Tony Chinocchio. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host. Uh, she is so great that if she were a desk, she would be worth $10,000 oh. and you wouldn't want anyone to poop on her. <laughs> it's Nadia Vasquez. Thank you. Please don't poop on me. Don't, don't poop on don't her. Don't poop do on, don't poop on the, any desks either. Hey folks. So that means we must be talking about look who's talking from Yay. 1989. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> Nadia, mm. I, ju- I just said this to you before we started the episode. Not the worst movie we've watched. No. May- maybe the dumbest movie we've Definitely. watched. De- no. Bringing Down the House still is number one. With <laughs> is both- worst, worst and dumbest. Worst and dumbest, yeah. <laughs> um, this is very obviously a 90-page screenplay. Mm-hmm. And when the writer got to page 25, they were like, oh boy, I don't know if I have enough ideas. <laughs> It's a it's a family film somehow. <laughs> somehow a family film. I think an unexpected hit. Um, this is a very successful movie. 
Um, not a very critically adored one, no awards. <laughs> um, but I think an important film for kind of our three main groups of listeners, uh, who are, of course, Italians, Scientologists, <laughs> and people committing mail fraud. Right. Uh, right, so, and it's also the first in a trilogy, like yes. Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> A Lord of the Rings of the late 80s and early 90s, for sure. 1989, directed by Amy Heckerling, starring Operating Thetan Level 7, <laughs> Kirstie Alley, and Operating Thetan Level 5, John Travolta. Uh, most notably, uh, it also stars Bruce Willis as the voice of a baby's inner monologue, which is really the only thing I knew about this movie going in. I was like, oh. I know... I know it's Bruce Willis as the voice of a baby, right. um, but I didn't know anything else. And Nadia, you've actually seen this film a lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah, this was always on. It was always on at my house. And in the similar vein of your shame for Wedding Crashers, watching this as an adult was very difficult. I couldn't believe that I watched this with my family. It's just, as we'll talk about, a, re a lot of bizarre choices in the story. Um, from a from a plot standpoint, Kirstie Alley plays Molly, a certified public accountant. One of her clients is an older married man with whom she's having an affair. In the opening scene of the film, they have sex. He just beats the pussy up. <laughs> no! Why? Just totally just blasts his load in her <laughs> i and, really hope my mom is not listening to this episode i gotta tell her not to and she who apparently neither of them had any form of birth control he uh, didn't pull in, out or in anything. in 1989 <laughs> um she gets pregnant uh unexpectedly uh, she decides to keep the baby. The um, baby's father basically uh, uh, fucks off. Like, he he uh, leaves her to raise the baby by himself, starts mm -hmm. cheating on his wife with a different woman. Um, and so she is a single mom in the big city trying to have it all. Um, the cab driver who uh, drove her to deliver the baby, John Travolta, um, just starts inviting himself over to her place. <laughs> yeah, he just wants and to fucking hang out. Just to hang out, and uh, and he eventually becomes uh, Baby Mikey's babysitter. Um, and then for some reason, there's a B plot where his father has dementia, and there's a car chase kind of shoehorned in at the very end of the movie. <laughs> but it is ultimately like kind of a rom com about how Kirstie Alley and John Travolta grade on each other. But baby Mikey brings them uh, together. And, and, of course, the hook of this movie is that you hear the baby's inner monologue throughout, uh, voiced by Bruce Willis. A, a film that is simultaneously uh, considered a high point of Kirstie Alley's career and a yeah. low point of John Travolta's. <laughs> it's really sad. But uh, I have to say, I have to say I'm very impressed with John Travolta. He's definitely a movie star. Mm. That, he was the best part of this whole thing. Yeah, no, he's he has the movie star charm, and this is the, like a, this is considered like a big slump in his career this period because yeah. like he had you know Saturday Night Fever, which was his breakout role, and he had a couple other really notable roles, Grease. and then he was pardon Greece. Oh, Greece is great. It's it's a great movie with a wholesome message. Change who you are for the guy you're horny for. Yeah, and then fly away in a car. 
<laughs> um, he had all these big roles, and then he was in a slump for most of the 80s uh, and early 90s until he got Pulp Fiction. But uh, but he's very charming in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kirst- Kirstie Alley, it's difficult to say she's charming knowing kind of how she'd turn out being yeah. a, a psychopath and, like, into QAnon shit. Yeah, you can kind of <laughs> see it. You can kind of see it. Uh, as I said, I don't think anybody expected this film to do well, but it made $113 million, which made it actually the sixth highest grossing film of 1989. Uh, another film by a female director that made over $100 million, and at this point, I think this was the second one ever nice. to do that after Big. It could have been a worse movie, I think. It definitely, I mean, like I said, it's not like, it didn't offend me or anything like that. It's just, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good movie to have on. Yeah, it's 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 a background movie. And then, as we'll talk about in a minute, there's some truly insane shit. Oh, yeah, that, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that finds its way in, I would say, pretty early on. Um, but uh, before we get into that, uh, you know, last week we watched Big from 1988, and we were all saying, like, hey, this is a great movie, 1988, they really figured out how to make movies. <laughs> and we go a week, la- uh, uh, a week later, we're watching this from 1989, and it sucks. Um, what was going on in 1989, Nadia? I had a hard time with 89. It seemed like a pretty boring year in America. <laughs> Obviously, in Germany, not a boring year. The Berlin Wall came down that year, so, you know, they were pretty busy over there. But over here, uh, we had uh, George H.W. Bush as president, which mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting. Um, th- did you know that he signed a bill to um, make it so that we don't get any assault weapons into America from other countries? I think I did know that. I did not know. I thought he was like a pro-gun nut, but it was probably just his son. Yeah, well, you got to keep in mind, like, and this is all benefit of hindsight, like, like the, the Republicans we look at in, like, the late 80s, except for Reagan, who was, quite frankly, very close to Trump and closer than Trump than yeah. I think, mo- closer to Trump than I think most people would like to admit. He's burning um, in hell waiting for Trump to... Right. <laughs> um, most Republicans, we you know, are now considered quaint by today's yeah. standards. You know, George W. Bush had fun socks and like, yeah. you know, he he enjoyed uh, he enjoyed eating stew and doing old man things. Like Dana Carvey had a really <laughs> endearing impression of him uh, on Saturday Night Live. Um, so yeah, he wasn't he wasn't like a gun nut. Uh, he wasn't, uh, I mean, he did do, like, war stuff in the Middle East. Well, yeah. But, but um, he, you know, it was a different time. Most presidents do. Even Obama. Please mm-hmm. don't, don't tell me that he was a saint. Um, but let's just not get into that. We're here <laughs> to talk about pop culture. And the, the most interesting part of 1989 is that, um, most things that people were talking about were commercials and slogans for commercials. <laughs> Um, the Energizer Bunny was introduced that year, as mm. was the catchphrase, he keeps going and going yes. and going. That one was a big one. Um, the Fruit of the Loom one was really big. The um, the Hershey Kiss Bell Choir Christmas commercial came out that oh, year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huge. It was so big that they still play it to this day, um, though remastered. I've, I've learned they've reanimated <laughs> a lot of it. Um, 
There was the hottest dance craze of that year was the electric slide. So <laughs> that'll tell you exactly how vanilla 89 was. Um, the cool thing was I, I was really interested in just like the technology at the time. AOL hadn't been released yet, but they were recording all of the iconic sounds like the welcome and you've got mail. Those mm. are actually recorded on a tape deck by a human being. Wow. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting. Um, the other cool thing was the Game Boy was released that year, which, I mean, a huge part of my life, so I was pretty excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, 89 was kind of boring. That was also the year <laughs> Seinfeld premiered. Um, mm-hmm. The top shows were The Cosby Show, Roseanne, Cheers, which <laughs> makes sense. Had because Kirstie Alley, of yeah. course. Uh, By the way, Cosby Show and Roseanne, just I know, one- right? <laughs> wonderful to hear those names again. <laughs> It's really mind-blowing the way people change. Uh, Then followed by A Different World and Bob Saget's America's Funniest Home Videos. Was that the year it started? That was the year it started. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So the other thing that I thought was interesting about that year is um, the biggest songs were My Prerogative by Bobby Brown, Paula Abdul's Straight Up, Mm -hmm. Madonna's Like a Prayer, and New Kids Mm -hmm. on the Block hanging tough this was also the year that my parents um were asked to record the new kids on the block concert while my sisters were away and uh (laughs) my dad put the video camera pointing towards the tv instead of putting in a tape in the vcr and we still have that (laughs) it's one of my favorite things my dad has ever done that's great yeah, so, you know, 89, pretty boring. There was a lot of dumb stuff, and uh, then and we this got this movie. Part of it. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe they made three of these fucking things. I've um, seen all of them multiple and, times. <laughs> and listeners, listeners, the full trilogy is streaming on Hulu. Yeah. Um, and it is labeled as the Look Who's Talking trilogy. So I've only seen the first <laughs> one, but I assume it follows the traditional hero's journey structure across all three films so the second one is about the daughter the sister yeah the sister julie and how she doesn't get along with mikey and then the third one is called look who's talking now and they get a dog and we get the voices of danny devito as one of the dogs and i forgot who the other person is but like that dog that they get falls in love with another dog and there's like a lady in the tramp type of plot line where we see them be dogs in the city yeah, family comedies were weird in this era. Yeah. Um, for some reason, like, the, I know I've referenced this film before, but the movie Beethoven keeps popping into my head about yeah. the St. Bernard, which I think was a few years after this, but it's just, it's weird that you can make a live-action comedy that your whole family would see, and ev- and everybody would see it, and it would make hundreds of millions of dollars, um, a genre that just does not exist anymore. No, I guess you could say Pixar is the are the people who kind of made it so that kids' movies are actually good. Yeah. And families could enjoy them. Except yeah. for Soul, maybe. I feel like that was a little too dark for kids. So, so it, it, Nadia and I were texting back and forth on Soul. Just a quick aside on Soul. So you liked Soul? I loved it. Okay, good. I was just, I was Did curious. Did you like it? I liked it. I thought it was really weird. And, yeah. and to be fair, it's like, it's Pete Doctor who's done all the weird uh, Pixar films. Yeah. But um, I liked it. Um, I was stoned when I watched it, so it was awesome. That probably would have been awesome. Yeah, Yeah. well, I think the animation was 
incredible so yes. weird and abstract yes. and stuff but the message overall i really liked and i cried a lot okay yeah um cool. life is worth living it is it is <laughs> worth living and speaking of life that brings us to the opening scene of uh, look who's life. talking we fade in on one of kirstie alley's eggs um moving <laughs> from the ovary through the fallopian tube mm-hmm down into her uterus okay pause (laughs) so i don't think that this could have been pulled off with the advances in animation that we have had and with the advances of hd it would not have worked if you if you seriously if you look at old animation stuff like even the the i'm gonna reference a star wars movie because this is who i am now the the original star wars movie where they're in the the pit and that monster comes out it looks better as a puppet than as like the CGI version. Uh huh. Oh, you're, I think you're talking about Empire Strikes Back, right? Where they fly out of the crater and the monster comes behind them. Yeah, the specifics yeah. are lost on me because I <laughs> I didn't care. But but I think that if this movie had been made today, the animation would have been way too realistic, and we would have been yeah. like, "This is bullshit." But I, when I was a child, thought that they were inside of her body. <laughs> I was like, how did they get this fucking... Like, what was the budget on this? Did they do a fantastic voyage thing? <laughs> or or maybe this was like B-footage from uh, The Miracle of Life. Did you watch right. that? Right, I mean, that that's more likely what it is. It's okay. very, very soft focus uh, footage of an egg dropping. Um, and so... <laughs> So uh, we we cut to outside Kirstie Alley's body where she's there with her horny, horny-ass client. He's such a um, clown, an old clown. He's old and gross, and, like, it's just great how much exposition there is. You're great in bed, and you're my biggest account, but you're married. <laughs> yeah, you're a wonderful father. You're great in bed, and yeah. you're my biggest account. I can't believe the dialogue. Um, so, you know, they're just, the, the writer's just sitting down being like look we have to figure out how she's gonna get pregnant yeah so so she is like you're married like whatever and he says you know my wife she's got problems we find out that his wife is bulimic we find out that which is dark by the way which is so dark and we find out that she was taking uh classes to kind of you know pad her life with meaning and Mm -hmm. uh she's now taking ballet because this is a commitment to something she knows won't make her fat so this is what we're starting with. <laughs> this is, so this is openings again. We've seen we one cut in this film so far. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's old and gross, and she gives in for some reason. Maybe because she, she doesn't love herself. She yeah. So she just and well and and I think we we learn later in the film like she's lonely, right? Yeah. yeah. Like she's not Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping, lonely, but she is lonely. Yeah. Um, so. They move in for the kiss, and then just <laughs> an incredible moment, I would say, in the history of film. Yes. Um, smash cut <laughs> to, uh, to, come. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say it, to the dude's come flying come, come, through, come, 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 through, come, come. uh, through Kirstie Alley's vaginal canal, mm-hmm. like, it's to the music cue, I Get Around uh, by the Beach Boys. Um, so now, now you don't, like, when I say, it's like, it's not like you're watching a fucking porno here. It's right. like, you are seeing 
a, hu a huge microscopic like zoom in so you are seeing the individual sperms and mm -hmm. i'm saying it that way because it's the grossest possible way <laughs> oh. <laughs> individual sperms just flying through um <laughs> while the song is going come come this is come you're watching come like that sort of thing uh except it's the real words that i get around just oh the most God on the nose music cue if you had told uh, me last year not even last year two years ago that i would be stuck at home because there was a global virus that was killing people in mass and i would spend my time watching movies with tiny sperms i would have been like you're fucking out of your mind so just i mean just a jaw-dropping scene to watch mm -hmm. and the, the one of the sperm is is taking the lead with all the other sperm the millions yeah. of sperm they're all in there one of them and it's the voice of bruce willis and he's like come on guys post exactly. post die hard like already one of the biggest movie stars in the world yeah he's like you know i'm gonna do this one for the kids yeah yeah so he's like come on guys i know exactly where to go and they travel through the vagina and <laughs> up they... into up into the womb uh and boom he fertilizes the egg yeah it's a really gross image to watch a like tadpole looking thing breaking the barrier of an egg and then being like oh it's so nice it's 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 this at this point i texted you and i was like this is insane yeah it is it is um it is wild so we've had you know like two or three cuts to kirstie ellie's uterus now uh at this point and then um <laughs> And, and and basically, uh, there's another scene right around here where Kirstie Alley and her friend at the accounting firm are spying on her lover, like, from a distance through binoculars to, to see that he's good with kids, to see how things are going in his marriage. Yeah, yeah. So he's, like, on the balcony of his beautiful terrace in his beautiful midtown apartment. Mm -hmm. And she's like, he's just so good with kids. Yeah. Which it's not a good enough reason to no. love someone to love someone who's already married and hasn't left his wife yet <laughs> but the the overall message of the movie is stated by kirstie alley which is you can't control who you fall in love with can't control who you fall in love with and then john travolta looks at the camera and says now that's look who's talking <laughs> uh but we're not there yet um my the other thing is we meet kirstie alley's parents um, mm -hmm. and her mom delivers my favorite line in the whole movie, which is, uh, you know, she's telling Kirstie Alley to get a man, and she's like, you know, I was studying for the CPA exam when there were hardly any women Italians. I still managed to dress nice and catch her father. Uh, and I think that's really important because the way she phrases it, she doesn't say when there were hardly any women Italian accountants. She says... <laughs> just Italians in general. Just women Italians. <laughs> i feel like i feel like in those scenes they were just letting that woman improvise because I mean, she she's pretty good yes she she is good but it's like there's it it is kind of like you know moonstruck had already come out at this point <laughs> they're like just say some funny italian stuff and then that was the best they could come up with yeah so uh eventually we find out that she's pregnant molly and, oh also, just on that, the pregnancy test, like... Oh, nasty. It's just, you had to, like, basically go to a high school chemistry lab. 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta drop her. And they yeah. clearly used, like, iced tea as her urine because it's really brown. <laughs> and they, like, put it in this other thing, and then she's she's so upset. Well, and understandably so. Yeah, because this baby is a bastard. Yeah. So uh, she's, you know, dealing with um, this just just unexpected pregnancy. You know, she's telling the doctor, no, 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 no. Um, there's some fantasy sequences here that I really enjoy. Yeah, because at, most women in their 30s have heard this for most of their life, but in their 30s they hear it a lot, which is your biological clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. And so she really took that to heart. And yeah. she, she had a dream where she was really old and the old guy was really old too. And he's like, thank you so much for waiting. Yeah, finally broke up with his wife. <laughs> and then she's, uh, you know, clinging to the arm, the hands of a clock. A she's giant literally clock. like hanging off of Big Ben and that's her biological clock. And it's she's going ticking. to fall off it and die. Yeah, because she really needs to have a kid. She's old. She, uh, we, it'll, it, they allude that she's over 33. Yes. Yeah. And so she, um, she decides she's going to keep the baby. She tells, uh, tells the boyfriend that, uh, she's like, I don't expect anything from you, but I'm, I'm keeping this baby. I'm raising it. Her cover story to her parents is she decided to, um, get artificially inseminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which her mom responds, this is the kind of thing a girl does if she's very ugly or a lesbian. Yeah, and then begins yet another montage. This movie is, like, mostly montage. It's, again, 90-page screenplay, and they really had to stretch on it. Uh, so um, she's weighing herself on, she's weighing herself on, like, the fucking old-timey scale with the sliders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one uh, from the gym. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, the, 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 the fetus, the tiny little, uh, pre-baby Mikey is starting to develop, um, and, uh, she's, you know, eating healthy, she's seeing the doctor, but now we start to hear baby Mikey's thoughts in utero. Yeah, he's got a little arm coming in down there. Yeah, well, okay, so that's, <laughs> so, for, let's start with that, actually, because, as he's developing in the womb, he's, like, getting his arms. He's like, oh, these are, and it's Bruce Willis, you know, so, like, oh, these are arms. These are pretty cool. And then eventually he gets a dick, and he's <laughs> like, oh, there's another little arm coming down there. How am I supposed to get that in my mouth? To which the answer is you have to remove your bottom two ribs like Marilyn Manson did. <laughs> and so, did we ever, is there a Snopes thing about that? Uh, I, I don't think the Marilyn Manson thing actually happened. That was a huge thing in middle yes. school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. My here, but I, I'm glad we're on Bruce Willis because this is gonna be. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But my main complaint about this movie is, you know, the entire hook of the movie is, oh, you can hear what the baby's thinking. I would say none of his thoughts come as a surprise. No, I, they don't even come that often. Right. Yeah. It just. It's just like, have you ever wondered what your baby is thinking? And the answer is like, he's thinking, I want apple juice. And I'm like, well, I know, I know that. <laughs> yeah, my my penis looks like a tiny arm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, you know, if you're expecting Bruce Willis to, you know, think of profound, life-altering, philosophical <laughs> thoughts, this is not the movie for you. He doesn't have, like, wonderful, innocent wisdom. And, no. And babies don't in real life either, so that's fine. But, like, <laughs> but, like it, it is, like, 
it is like Bruce Willis just saying like, hey, now I'm hungry for another thing. Like, yeah, and that's, boobs. That's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Lunch. yeah. Oh, yeah. He sees the woman's <clears throat> boobs. He's like, whoa, those things come in different sizes. I guess that was kind of funny. Not yeah, really. I, I don't. I want to. I really wish that there was some sort of like. That's the bad thing about streaming is you don't get the DVD extras. <laughs> so I would have loved to have known if they, you know, had Bruce Willis watch the movie and they just filmed the kid doing a bunch of things and then he improvised about it. I feel like that could have been a fun thing to learn. Yeah. About. Yeah. But I don't. He. I don't think he's that good if he did improvise it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I was about to say. I'm like. I believe that that is what happened because it's hard for me to imagine Bruce Willis being a good improviser. And if these lines are <laughs> improvised, they're terrible. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, here's the thing. M- Molly doesn't love herself. She hasn't listened to my dating tips from the "He's Just Not That Into You" episode, so she doesn't know how to find healthy situations for herself she's still seeing this guy she's still just so bad yeah and and he he tells her look i've moved out from my wife's house i have my own place you know don't come over though which red flag uh and you know we can we can discuss you coming over i just need to adjust whatever so kirstie alley is like stoked because her married boyfriend is now available or so mm. she thinks so she or goes, so she thinks yeah so she goes shopping with her friend and while they're looking at stuff they see they hear a couple like doing it in the dressing room well because this is a movie it's her boyfriend yeah <laughs> and if he's they're, there with because it's a movie first of all they're like let's check it out yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it's her boyfriend fucking another, it's the baby's father fucking another person who's it's not his wife. It's the old clown, and he's fucking the decorator. Yeah, the interior decorator, and his excuse is, you know, I'm going through a selfish phase right now. <laughs> Which might have been like an 80s thing, I don't know. I don't know, but I feel connected to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I've heard versions of this. I, I have said that to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and so she freaks out on him. Her friend, who is a ride or fucking die, jumps on his back and starts beating right. him up while she's going into labor. Yes, Kirstie Alley immediately goes into labor. At she's got to get a cab because they're in New York, of course. She has yes. no other way to get there. And this is the meat cute. <laughs> this is the meat cute. The <laughs> cabbie. You fucking know it, baby. It's John Travolta. <laughs> He's got his aviator glasses. He's incredible his... hair. Incredible, oh, incredible hair. hair and the ass chin that will not quit. <laughs> um, but uh, then, uh, so a couple things going on here. Just a couple things going on here. <laughs> One, we just drop a car chase scene, basically, into the middle of this movie. And it's not the last car chase scene we're no. going to have. No, he's driving so, like a maniac getting her there because he is a good guy and wants to help her. He's he not wants, like a regular taxi cab driver that's just like, eh, I'll get you there whenever. Yeah, exactly. Although he does sound like that. Um, <laughs> he has turned up the Italian, uh, which is great. Um, and uh, there's some great exchanges here. Can you call the father? I was artificially inseminated. And he says, are you a lesbo? <laughs> yeah, and uh, he basically cuts through traffic 
uh, through alleyways. Like, flying through traffic lights. Like, almost, yeah. they almost die several times. They almost die several times. They go through construction zones. She's telling him to watch the road because he keeps trying to give her Lamaze lessons, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. And, uh, and then they eventually end up at the hospital. Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is John Travolta is charming in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. I, I like him a lot in this movie. I think he's a good actor in general, even if he is, in fact, a prisoner of, <laughs> of David Miscavige and the Church of Scientology. I also feel a special attachment to John Travolta because he's probably my single most famous uh, celebrity sighting in L.A. No way! Uh, Where did you see him? I saw him in a car driving to the gala at the Scientology Celebrity Center. Hell yeah. Were you in line at UCB? No, I was um, I was on my way to a show at Neon Venus. Uh, oh, we're gonna nice. keep dropping names of theaters where <laughs> Nadia and I would do free shows at ten thirty on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, like that, and where sometimes we would have a ventriloquist open for us. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's Mr. right. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, uh, go back to, to season one if you want to hear more about Mr. PP. Anyways. <laughs> The point, I like Travolta a lot, is the mm-hmm. point. Yeah. But having your cab driver just come into the delivery room with you. Yeah, okay, so there's no real justification for the reason that he's there, except that the nurse mistakes him for the father. Mm-hmm. And then he, Travolta's like, no, I'm not the father. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. Put a mask on and meet us in the delivery room. <laughs> and so he's just there. Possibly you know, against his will? I don't yeah. know. I'm not the father, and the nurse are like, just put a mask on and come in. You know how hospitals love just getting as many strange people into a patient's room as possible? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Kirstie Alley is, is, has, like, the worst contractions. She has demon voices. She, ha- she has exorcist voice, and it is it is subtitled as exorcist voice in the captions. Oh, <laughs> perfect. And that's that's the first fuck word of the movie. I think it's hear. the I think it's the only one. Oh, okay, yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be PG. You're I right. think it's I think it's the only one, but she does say "fuck my breathing" in an exorcist voice. I remember being afraid of that when I was a child. <laughs> and uh, and then she she needs drugs, right? She needs pain meds, so she gets Demerol, um, and uh, she loves that, and <laughs> that gets the baby tripping balls. <laughs> Yeah, he's holding his hand up, and it's, like, quadrupling in front of his face. He's yeah. like, what oh, the fuck? Check, check out Mr. Hand here. Yep, that's what he improvised. <laughs> um, but she eventually has a baby. She has a little baby boy, Mikey. Yeah. Um, he gets put in the nursery, and we have a wide array of very racist baby voices. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad. But they're, In the they, nursery? You know, they're all... Uh, crying because they want their pacifier or their sucky thing because they're sucky thing yeah but but seriously there's baby saying i didn't think i'd be reincarnated so quickly in fucking apu voice yeah it was sad Um, it's it's sad but then we cut to all the dads outside of that nursery watching those babies and kirstie alley is just standing there sad because her baby daddy's not there right so, and just a side note for all you aspiring parents out there, uh, they don't do that anymore. There aren't nurseries anymore in a lot of hospitals. Um, the baby s- just sleeps in the room with you. Uh, so you're just like, you're just like, wait, you just get this baby. 
and you're like wait what do i do with this and they're like no that's your baby now and uh if it dies you go to jail uh so yeah they don't like take it away so that you can like i don't know that's it you can sleep or anything yeah make a phone call yeah yeah so so mikey gets to go home with his mom and he's just discovering the world and this is where you think that the movie would transition to just about mikey and learning about the inner workings of a baby but it's not it's not it's like about travolta just coming to her apartment all the time yeah so so she forgot his purse i mean she forgot her purse and he brought it to her and then just fucking steals her child then just then just hangs out he's like hey mikey how do you like new york so far and bruce willis again i'm gonna assume he's riffing here is like hey my kind of town yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's, it's sweet though to see travolta hanging out with a baby love it He's charming. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He's adorable. Got He's got adorable. And, and you know what? The baby and there were, I believe, four different actors who portrayed this baby because we see it over the course of a year. Uh, the baby's very cute. Super cute. Um, we do get some other montages at this point, like of Kirstie Alley measuring. Or no, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but yeah, he um, he hangs out with the baby, and then he just basically like uh, keeps coming back. I guess, to check on the baby and how he's doing. Yeah, I guess he's trauma bonded with them or some yeah. shit. I don't know. But he eventually meets Kirstie Alley in, in the lobby. Yeah. And he's supposedly waiting for somebody who called a cab. But she watches him and he actually steals her mail. Yes. Because he's committing mail fraud. He's committing mail fraud. He the, is... the subplot of the movie. <laughs> the B story, John Travolta's committing mail fraud. He is... Um, he is set up his he's changed his dad's address grandpa to curse his grandpa or his grandpa he's changed his grandpa's address to curse the alley's apartment so his dad can qualify for a basically for a nursing home for an assisted living uh facility in manhattan um and so the 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 faustian bargain that he works out <laughs> with molly is let me keep doing mail fraud now you're an accomplice by the way let me keep doing mail fraud um and I will babysit the baby for you several days a week. Yeah. What kind of deal is this? Like, And, what? and she's like, well, that sounds great. I barely know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. The other thing that we're seeing is that, first of all, single motherhood, our social systems are not set up for it at right. all. Of course. Right? She, right. And she's a working woman. Like, she she is an accountant. She's got a white-collar job, and, and, like, she doesn't have child care figured out. She has postpartum depression, we learn, at one point in the film. Right. Which, I, ironically, not something that the Church of Scientology believes is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wait, I, I, what I really wanted to know was when they each joined. Let me look that up. <clears throat> go yeah, on, go I, on. It, it's possible that they weren't Scientologists when this movie came out. Oh, okay. Um, and for those of you keeping track, you may have noticed earlier I said that Kirstie Alley actually outranks John Travolta in the Church of Scientology, and I think that's still true. <laughs> um, but uh, it, Travolta starts babysitting Mikey, and it bears mentioning a couple, a couple things. Number one, he drives the baby around in a car seat in the front seat that faces the front, which would not happen anymore. No, no, no. That that's, made me very upset to see. Yeah, that's that's dated but i understand that it's consistent with the standards at the time he has a very cool one hand baby hold 
But also, the first place he takes the baby when he's babysitting him is an airfield. Yeah, he just wanted to get his schedule because he teaches... He teaches uh, flight lessons. Yeah. There's no logic behind that at all. Also, if you're... if Okay, so they're in Manhattan, right? If you need to go to an airfield, that's probably in, like, Jersey or Long Island or something. Right. That's a long way out. Right. How long was she asleep? <laughs> okay, so hold on. Before we go on... Uh, yeah. Travolta joined the Church of Scientology in 75. Okay, so... And, and, and Kirstie Alley joined in 1979. So they both wow. were Scientologists. They both were Scientologists. So you would have figured, like, one of them would have taken Amy Heckerling aside during the <laughs> postpartum depression scene. Like, Kirstie Alley would have said, would have said, like, look, I don't think my character would have postpartum depression because that's made Not up really. by the pharmaceutical <laughs> industry. <laughs> they She probably was like... Just pretend it's like a joke, you know? Just <laughs> yeah, like, she thought it was a laugh line. Yeah, she's just like, just riff on it, you know? Like, how how would it be if it really was real? And she Imagine. was just, like, crying and throwing things and eating a lot. Kirstie Alley in the in the, in the uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater for the premiere, just <laughs> the only person in the theater laughing during that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just so insensitive. <laughs> Just in any event, uh, if you have postpartum depression, see a doctor, folks. Anyways, the... but my, my question is then: Do yeah. you think that? Do you think it was difficult for Travolta to get co-stars around that time because he was a Scientologist? So everybody that he was in a movie with, for the most part, had to be a Scientologist because they, you know, I think it was. Gonna... I think it was difficult for him to get co-stars because he was just in a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in the 80s. That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, the other um, the other thing that happens is we have Kirstie Alley's mom walking in on <laughs> Travolta and Kirstie Alley in just another, again, incredible scene. Incredible. So, so he comes back with Mikey from the airfield, and Kirstie Alley just thinks that he's been kidnapped. She's like, she she is thinking what we all thought, which is, oh, I don't know this person. I gave my baby to a stranger, and now they're both gone. Yeah, so she calls the police. She's like, I want to report a missing baby. I don't know if he's been kidnapped or if he's just with someone really stupid, which is supposed to be a laugh line, and it's not funny. And eventually Trollta comes back, and she starts attacking him by throwing her fists and hitting him with a broom. But then she gets a splinter, a big one. She's bow, never had bow, she's bow. never had one that big before. Never had one that big bubble. Okay, so she's got a splinter in her hand. You know, it's just, he's getting the tweezers and he's getting the splinter out, right, or whatever. And um, <laughs> and Christielli's mom is outside the door, and she like hears that there's a guy in the apartment, so she doesn't knock on the door yet but she listens in on their conversation because she's a nosy mom and mm-hmm. is just hearing like, "Wow, I've never had one that big before. It really hurts." Yeah, ow, ow. And he's like, hold still so I can get it out. It's like, that's what she said before, that's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's very good. Uh, so uh, so eventually a mom walks in and she's like, who's, who's, who's that Italian man? Is that the father? And she's like, no, man. No, mom. I was artificially inseminated. But also yeah. as, as he walks out... <laughs> He zips up his pants. He, he zips up his fly, which, <laughs> why was his fly down to begin with, and why did he decide now? He's like, oh, walking past an old lady, that's my reminder. 
You, you know, because he's, my... you know, he's a, he's a rough and tumble kind of guy. Yeah, he's Italian. We get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel about the stereotypes of Italians in this movie? I, you know, I think Travolta sells it well. Um, yeah. I appreciate, you know, Italians being depicted in roles that aren't organized crime, like accounting <laughs> and taxi driving. So I guess that's something. Yeah, um, I'm great. not going to spoil what next week's film is, but let's just say they don't do as good a job depicting Italians as this one. <laughs> so exciting. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I'm only a small percentage Italian, so I, I can't I can't really claim offense in this. No, movie. I, I don't think this is offensive, but it's stupid and funny. Yeah. Yeah. So so the mom is like, who the fuck is this guy? She's like, it's yes. the babysitter. And for some reason, everybody's okay with this, <laughs> this arrangement. Um, yeah. Eventually, she. What happens next? I don't even well, remember. there's two things. They put they put Travolta's dad in your grandpa. Sorry, in the nursing home. Oh yes. Um, and Travolta's like, look, this is his stash of candy bars. He's talking to the orderly, and this this is. Uh, the point on which the entire third act of the film turns so pay fucking attention to what i'm about to say this is my granddad's stash of candy bars he can't have too many candy bars or he'll get angry just give him one candy bar a day yeah and the guy says no problem no problem okay Chekhov's candy bar we're there so <laughs> there is then a time jump montage in which the kid uh, yes. the kid gets older he, the kid's being played by a two-year-old at this point yeah they swap an actor yes um and, and uh kirstie alley's like you know marking how tall he is on the uh, door frame and stuff like that but the other thing that starts happening once we get out of the time jump is kirstie alley's mom is like you know you really need to find a man why don't i set you up with some guys that i know who are all accountants ah uh, yes so the we get sexiest kind of man. The, the, the sexiest profession. We get another um, montage of mm-hmm. her dating these guys and her just imagining them as terrible fathers. Yeah, there's a guy who is very nitpicky and clean at the restaurant, and she imagines him being nitpicky about Mikey being clean and how his socks aren't organized. Yeah. And then there's this other guy who he gets mad. Okay, again, don't date somebody who's mean to wait staff. Yes. Because this guy starts yelling at his server, and then she imagines him yelling at Mikey, and it's like, yeah, that is what would happen. Yes. Don't date those people. <laughs> yeah. So, um, finally, we get to uh, door number three. Uh, mom, Kirstie Alley's mom sets her up with just the biggest nerd-ass account. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's super nerdy, and he also is a little bit of a dick. Yeah, he's kind of a dick to Mikey. Yeah, well, so Mikey's watching the uh, Snuggles uh, commercial. Remember that little... Uh, the bear, the fa- yeah. The fabric softener bear. And he changes Mikey's TV to a football game, which, what the fuck? That's not your house. That's not, yeah. I mean, uh, also, the weird thing about... So Kirstie Alley lets this nerdy guy in, you know, Coke bottle glasses. He's wearing a toupee, which will later come off. Um, <laughs> and uh, and she's like, yeah, I just need to get dressed, and then I'll uh, meet you. And and I just want to point out that when they, go on, when they go out on the date, um, she's wearing the same outfit that she's wearing in that scene. Yeah. She was clearly dressed already. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Mike uh, Travolta comes in because he's the babysitter and he meets this nerd ass accountant 
he's like, oh, this guy's dating Kirstie Alley, and Travolta's starting to think, I don't want Kirstie Alley dating other guys. I'm kind of starting to catch feelings for her. Mostly he's starting to see himself as Mikey's dad. Yes. Yeah. Which Uh, is a a really great reason to fall in love with a woman. (laughs) And and so Travolta's like, I'm going to torpedo this date. So he gives the accountant bad information. Yeah, he tells her that she's like a uber feminist yeah she's a women's lib like third wave feminist do not pick up the tab at all let her pay for everything um which ends up really pissing her off on the date yeah Uh, like don't open the door for her you know she she doesn't like any of that stuff yeah and on the date instead of like having a good conversation he just keeps talking about his bowels yeah his he gets a he had a barium enema uh and uh and you know he talks about gallstones and hey he got to see his colon on tv meanwhile travolta and mikey are having the time of their lives oh yeah you know when you get travolta in a movie you have to do some sort of musical number yeah so there's a cute little dance sequence to walking on sunshine um and honestly like it is very adorable um it's cute i was smiling a little bit yeah uh and it's the only time that's the only time (laughs) Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, you see Mikey and Travolta trying to bond or starting to bond. Um, and Mikey loves having Travolta around. Um, Kirstie Alley gets back. Her date was terrible. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, as Travolta continues to babysit Mikey in, in later days, um, we get a, a weird scene here where Mikey is out for a walk, uh, with Travolta and he's just catcalling other babies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is again the part of the movie that you think you see more of, which is the baby talking. Because <laughs> yeah, look who is talking. Look who's like we haven't talked a lot about Mikey in this movie, and that's because he's actually not a very big part of the movie. No, not at all. So he's he's seeing all his his little baby friends. There's a there's a baby that just got a haircut and doesn't like it. There's another one that just throws him kisses. <laughs> She's like the, a baby slut. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's pretty much the only kind of big uh, moment for Mikey, except for when he is in the sandbox with his friends. Yes. He learns about the concept of a daddy. Not the kind of daddy that we're talking about in 2021. We don't talk about that. (laughs) We're talking about like a father. (laughs) Like a father, yeah. So I don't even remember the name of Travolta's character. It's James. It's James? Okay. So, you know, he's, everybody, all the babies are talking about their daddies. And Bruce Willis is like, wait, who, who's that big guy? What's a daddy? What do they do? And they, they tell you know, daddy's the guy who's at your home. And he's, you know, he's with your mom. He's like, oh, well, that's probably James. I think James is my daddy. And, you know, on the one hand, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, and then on the other hand, it's kind of sad because, you know, this baby doesn't fully understand how everything works yet. We go to uh, the next scene where Kirstie Alley's trying to feed the baby some oatmeal um and uh she's having trouble so she does what any mom would do uh she gives a baby a lap dance yeah uh, <laughs> what was that scene <laughs> she's like don't look at mommy and then she gives him a straight up strip tease she's yeah. gyrating the refrigerator yeah yeah she's like she's really f- throwing ass really <laughs> 
Uh, anyways, um, so she's doing that, and like uh, Travolta James walks in while she's doing that. Of course he does. And then he's like, "Yeah, this is great. We should we should uh, fuck each other." Yeah. Um, it's just they start dancing sexy with each other, and they're about to smooch. And she's like, "We shouldn't do this in front of Mikey." They don't just about to smooch. He lays her out on the kitchen table. <laughs> And puts his body on top of her. And I'm like, there is a child in the room. <laughs> the fuck? Um, and so so uh, what they do instead, compromise. You know, she, he's like, fine, you won't let me fuck you. Let me at least take you uh, for a flight lesson. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fine, okay. Um, there, and there's so. so many things happen in this movie that make no sense to okay. me. Like, why would they go to go on a flight lesson so there so there yeah so many things going on in this movie that like i don't expect to happen that also don't do anything to the plot yeah there's no reason for him to be an aspiring pilot um (laughs) there is in the third movie but we'll get to that (laughs) basically like clearly they wrote this scene so he could say put your hand on my stick right which is to fly the plane not his penis yeah and so uh they do that they like bond over that and then boom they come back to her place they start fucking to the song daddy's home we're entering act three baby but this is very important while she is at the the moment before she is about to get fucked from behind no less Mm -hmm. she has a vision about the worst fate that can befall any human being being married to an italian man (laughs) it just it derails so hard so they have uh four or five children Mm -hmm. the the house is full of smoke because they're all they're all smoking cigarettes the kids are smoking cigarettes at that point um, they are about to eat dinner from a can with no label on it. They don't know if it's canned peaches or if it's a vegetable. They just have no idea. And, uh, because the whole idea behind it is because James just knows where to get free shit in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Super Italian. <laughs> he, he kisses her on the mouth and then slaps her. He's just the cheapest, dirtiest man because Italian is the cheapest, dirtiest race. <laughs> and so. So sad. She just has this nightmare, and then we we smash cut back to them about to fuck, and she's like, "No, no, no, don't fuck me from behind," uh, and they, <laughs> and, and so this is twice now that uh, she uh, has uh, kind of bailed, um, and so they kind and of Travolta's just really sad because yeah. he he's not only into her. But he likes Mikey. He loves Mikey, and he likes spending time with him. And you can see it in his little eyes that he wants them to be his family. Yes. It's sweet. Absolutely. Um, And so they kind of – he's still babysitting, but they kind of separate, right? Like, she's like, we can't be in a relationship. This is the boy loses girl part of the movie. (laughs) Um, And uh, meanwhile, uh, since we're in Act 3, the accounting firm – uh, forces her, Kirstie Alley, to go back to work for her baby daddy for tax season. Yeah, because, you know, she can't abandon him. It, it, we've already established season. We've already established he's her best client. 
Uh, right but but the the funniest thing is her boss is like look this is the most difficult time of the year you can't just abandon him and it's like okay you don't and she can't tell him like he got me pregnant because he didn't pull out right you know what i mean so yeah that's that's really not a work conversation and so So uh, there's a great fantasy, a lot of fantasy sequences in this film. There's right. a great fantasy sequence where she's with, she's with the dad, the baby's dad, and he um, is saying a thing that he also said in the beginning of the film, which is, "Oh, you're so beautiful. If I don't get with, if I don't get with you now, I'm gonna burst." And then in the fantasy sequence, his head explodes. Yeah, um, because, because she's like, tough bitch. Yeah, the cum is so backed up. <laughs> It's really gross. The PSI in his head has gotten unsustainable. Um, She goes to to work with him, and she just tries to keep things all business. Right. But he just keeps asking about Mikey. Or will I say, should I say Mickey? Because he doesn't actually know his own fucking kid's name. He's begging for forgiveness. He's like, I know I haven't seen the kid since he was born, and it's been a year, but I really want to meet Mickey. She's like, it's Mikey. Meanwhile... John Travolta is babysitting Mikey, right? And Mikey is like, you know, James, I've been thinking about this daddy business. Here's my <laughs> thoughts. I want you to be my daddy, which is which is cute. It's cute. Um, and we also uh, get, um, we also it, eventually what happens is the uh, dad shows up at Kirstie Alley's apartment one day while James is there. Oh, man. Which is a fucked up thing to do. Also. It's a fucked up thing. Also, you would think that Kirstie Alley would be there because she told right. him, like, I'll be home later. Right. And she was at aerobics class. She wasn't home. She lied. And James <laughs> was there and was like, what the fuck? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? And and just basically, oh, you're Mickey's dad? Or you're Mikey's dad? And then he just starts, John Travolta just starts grilling this dude with all these questions who's he like barney or fred what's his favorite food who's his favorite rock star michael jackson i'm like oh well that, okay yeah, <laughs> yeah, it checks out for the time it's fine it's fine we gotta let and, some things go pal we gotta let some things go and and the dad is like i don't know but i'm trying to make it right yeah and travolta's Tra- like i'm gonna fuck you up just, bro just throws him out of the room out of the apartment <laughs> yeah there is a little bit of a scuffle yeah, and, when, and uh, he gets uh, Travolta gets hit in the head by the the telephone receiver, <laughs> which is pretty funny, and uh, and then he eventually kicks out the dad, this fucking yeah. clown. Yeah, um, and uh, you know he, he when Kirstie Alley gets home, John Travolta's like, "Listen up, who who the fuck was that guy? I don't want him seeing Mike in it. See, I don't want ugh, I don't want him seeing Mikey anymore. Where the hell's he been all year? I'm the closest thing he's got to his father." And then you know they get into a big fight. I've seen you use Mikey to push guys away. Now you're doing it to me. Now get out. He yells at her. Now get out. And she says, I live here. <laughs> yeah. And Okay. Here's the question. Is, does he have a right to say those things? No. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand where in the movie we've transitioned in, into being Travolta being the protagonist and Kirstie Alley being the antagonist, but it's and, happened. And Mikey just being like the Greek chorus in the background. <laughs> it's like watching Agamemnon. I'm yeah. like freaking out. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who I'm rooting for. Uh, but Travolta's like really, really, really hurt that he that she lied. He's really, a, yes. About being artificially inseminated. Yeah. 
And you know what? He's involved. He's been with Mikey all year, and for some reason he's learned how to speak fluent Spanish to her cleaning lady as well. Yeah, who also, the actress does not know Spanish. That was <laughs> one of the worst accents I've ever heard. That woman is clearly not Latina in any way. Um, but yeah, so he, he eventually, he has to set some sort of boundary to make his life bearable because he's clearly into Kirstie Alley and he's obviously yeah. wants to be Mikey's dad. So he goes to have a one-on-one with Mikey and let him know, like, I'm not going to be around as much. Which, to a one-year-old, don't think it's a necessary conversation to have. No, they they will forget. Yeah. Uh, and But he gives good fatherly advice to yeah, Mikey. It's sweet. And and Kirstie Alley hears it on the monitor and is like, you know, maybe this James guy isn't so bad. And then Mikey's like, thanks, James. I want you to have this. And he gives him his panda. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's OK. And and well, Mikey's like, no, I really want you to have it. It's very sweet. <laughs> it is, that is cute. The baby's very cute. You know, the baby, Travolta, they were, Kirstie Alley's fine, I guess. It's it's more the uh, writing, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, boy, the boys in the movie, unfortunately, are taking place in my heart. Yes. As most movies make women out to be terrible. Yes. Uh, which they did in this one. So, eventually... You know, they're all moving on. They're all doing their own thing. But Grandpa is pissed. And well, he's, can, can, he's... One oh. one thing before Grandpa is when they visit, when Kirstie Alley takes Mikey to oh, visit I forgot. his father. I forgot about this part because his, I thought it was his, unnecessary. Yeah, it was unnecessary. But Kirstie Alley's like, fine, it's time to meet your father. They take him to this guy who is old, who is very coded as Jewish. And... No. And uh, and is in like a bachelor pad basically now, right? Yeah, yeah. He's having he's having his selfish phase. He's got like a jukebox and all sorts of fancy breakable shit. The least baby proofed house imaginable. Yeah, when he walks in, uh, I mean, when they walk in, Mikey as Bruce Willis says, um, "Oh, look at those little metal things. Where am I gonna put those?" And then yep. he sees a socket. And he's like, "Oh, yeah. I'll definitely put it in there." Yeah. And just like, um, I mean, there, there's a joke in Jane the Virgin where they take um, Mateo to Rogelio's house for the first time and Rogelio just has a giant bowl of marbles on his <laughs> coffee table. Yeah, it's exactly like that. And it's exactly like that, yeah. Yeah, he just, for a guy who already has three kids, he has a terrible place for all of his children to visit, including Mikey. And Mikey yeah. starts breaking shit. And, and then he starts shitting. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, Mikey uh, Mikey poops in his diaper, and Kirstie Alley's like, oh, I'll just change him here. And, and the guy's like, oh, that's – the line is, oi, that's a $10,000 desk, which I don't know if we yeah. need to phrase we that way. <laughs> we didn't need that. We didn't need that. Um, and they get in a fight, and Kirstie Alley takes the poopy diaper and slams it on the desk. She's like, now there's poo on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's – that's the scene. And that's how we close off that storyline. So what were you saying about Grandpa, Nadia? Yeah, so so the storyline is over. Like, the guy <laughs> clearly doesn't want anything to do with either of them, and then we never hear from him again. So, <laughs> end of chapter. So then Grandpa is pissed because he eats too many candy bars. He ate too many candy bars. God you wanna, damn it. <laughs> you want to know why? Because the orderly doesn't speak English. Yeah. He just says no problem to everything. 
doesn't speak English. He gave Grandpa all his candy bars at once. The one thing <laughs> that James told him not to do. <clears throat> so Chekhov's chocolate. Chekhov's chocolate goes off. The um, they they have to go to the nursing home and calm everyone down and get it all worked out. And while but Travolta's not there. It's it's Kirstie Alley. She's yeah. the one that's smoothing things over. She's well, taking she, the responsibility. Yeah. So she she well because she has the address right. She has the right. emergency contact. She can't go to jail. So she <laughs> she moves. She goes out there with the um with Mikey and they they go see Grandpa. And so then Travolta shows up and is you know she and Travolta are like okay let's go to the front office get this all done. We're gonna leave Mikey in this room uh with grandpa whom he's met once before um and we'll just kind of hope that all works itself out yeah who also has a degenerative brain who, disease yeah, who has yeah who has dementia like yeah. who and, and so uh what happens is mikey gets away yeah well he he looks out the window and he sees a cab and he assumes that james is there so he yeah. wants to go and catch him so he he leaves the room and this is again <laughs> Something that I expected more of, baby shenanigans. Right. And just as a side note, for if you haven't seen this film, this is minute 75 of a 90-minute film. The, and the reason we have this scene is because they couldn't, like, they couldn't get away with making the movie 75 minutes. Right, right, right. So they, there's a, a huge montage of Mikey using the elevator, pressing yeah. buttons, riding in a, a fruit car. Yeah. Um, he also... Gets into a car that's attached to a tow truck. Yes. Because he thinks that he can drive because he watched Travolta do it that one time he was in the front seat, which is illegal. <laughs> yes. So so basically what happens is Mikey is in a car. He's in the driver's seat of a car while that car gets towed away. And, you know, Kirstie Ellie and Travolta notice like a second too late. They're like, oh, my God, we got to go after that car. They get in Travolta's cab. And I guess we have a car chase scene. Another uh, one. A second car chase in Look Who's Talking um, <laughs> that doesn't matter. And it ends with Mikey walking into the middle of the street and causing, like, a 40-car accident that probably killed a dozen people. <laughs> yeah. And then he got 0% hurt, which is great. Yeah. Because that would have been a very sad ending to the movie. Like, in the middle of Times Square. like just... Yeah, Travolta's running through traffic. Uh, his shirt, his 80s shirt is billowing in the wind. He's yelling at Mikey not to move, and Mikey's like, I'm a baby! And, <laughs> and then there's that pile up, and they eventually grab the child and take no responsibility for this accident. <laughs> just, just, just like, uh, it, like, it would have been funny if they were like, let's get the fuck out of here. But... <laughs> There's no ambulances. There's no right. police that ask what happened. Instead, there's like a heart to heart where right. Travolta and Cristiali are like, look, like we can't not be together. And then Mikey calls him daddy. First word. Uh, and it's adorable. And Travolta and Cristiali start making out. And Mikey says, should I tell him I need a new diaper? Nah, I'll wait. And then, boom, come again. <laughs> Come, 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 come. And let me tell you how I wanted this movie to end. Okay. 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 Entire movie exactly the same, except for the final scene. 
they get to uh they get to the sidewalk and travolta and kirsty you know mikey says data uh travolta and kirsty are like we belong together they make out smash cut to the sperm right sperm swimming and they just like shoot off they fly and then they land in what is clearly the inside of travolta's pant leg then we cut back to Travolta and Kirstie Alley making out on the sidewalk, and Travolta's like, oh, no. <laughs> I love that. I really wish that we could recut this. <laughs> and so uh, so all of that said, um, Travolta, you know, Im- like, hits the back walls, immediately comes inside her, you know. Why and- <laughs> are you so uh the final scene is uh mikey meets his baby sister voiced by the incomparable joan rivers uh so uh that is all 90 minutes of you know look who's talking we saw travolta doing some dancing in two scenes we saw kirstie alley throwing ass in another scene we saw a baby being super cute okay if you say throwing ass i'm allowed to say hit the back walls (laughs) Overall, though, the 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 talking baby thing was misleading. Surprisingly underplayed part of the movie. Yeah, the, obviously it plays a much bigger part in the second and third movies, which I encourage everyone to watch because they're ridiculous. And maybe we can do them for the pod. Yeah, Because I want to torture you a little bit. Um, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised it held up as well as it did. Well, I, I think it's just, I mean, I think it's just empty. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't even think it's especially dated. There's a couple things that are dated. Yeah. It's just really stupid. It is like, really stupid. You probably could make some movie pretty much like this now. It wouldn't be as successful, but you could because no. right, theaters are closed. Uh, you could make <laughs> some movie kind of like this now. Um, and probably. Okay, but then, I beg it, the question, who yeah. could play as charming as and, charming a character as john and travolta. sweet as john travolta i actually thought about this i posed this question last episode and then i i, I did think about it and i think i don't think J- jason sudeikis as ted lasso is at the same level as tom hanks but i think that the the charm and the feelings and all of that is definitely travolta and luke talking okay yeah i mean there's something to that yeah um, if anybody can think of tom hanks though like a tom hanks of our generation i still yeah. really really want to know yeah and remember hashtag tony was right hashtag tony was right as always um so you know when it comes to reviews in this season i've tried to like kind of vary up our reviews a lot like i i i haven't always gone to roger eberts from the chicago sun times although i i love reading those reviews and they're very easy to find um but for movies that are dumb like this one <laughs> I always like to find the most positive reviews oh, cool. uh, that I can uh, find, which in this case was Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Wow, so, I didn't expect him to like it. Yeah, three stars. Uh, so cool. <laughs> here he is uh, writing in 1989, quote, If I were sitting at home and watching TV and I saw a commercial for this movie, I don't think I'd want to go. For starters, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see a movie where the thoughts of an infant were spoken aloud by Bruce Willis. Then I'd reflect that John Travolta had appeared in several disappointments, really, and that Kirstie Alley's movies had not exactly set the world on fire. As a movie critic, however, I am not permitted such thoughts, at least not officially, so one afternoon not long ago, I found myself 
feeling very good during a screening of Look Who's Talking. This fairly unlikely idea for a movie turns into a warm and lovable comedy, although I still don't think it needed the voiceovers from the baby. Like, so, fir- so first of all... What, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that's like 90% of the but, fun of the movie. That, that's why they made the movie. Yeah, it's called Look Who's Talking. Uh, and Otherwise skipping... it would be called Two Italians Fall in Love. <laughs> Skipping to the uh, end of the review, he writes, But as a silly entertainment, Look Who's Talking is full of good feeling, and director Amy Heckerling finds a light touch for her lightweight material. Travolta demonstrates, 12 years after Saturday Night Fever, that he is a warm and winning actor when he's not shoehorned into the wrong roles, and Allie finds the kind of role she must have been looking for, a role that lets us see the person who is always there beneath all those hours of TV images. So nice. yeah, he fucking loved really this good in shit. Tears. Uh, you know, I I respect this review, but I don't agree with the baby's voices. Like, what? we need that. We need it. You need that because if you don't have that, there's really nothing here. <laughs> well, common sense media wasn't much different. Um, a lot of people were upset about the cum. Um. <laughs> Well, because if you watch this with your kid and they're of a certain age, you have to all of a sudden explain to them a whole lot of stuff you weren't expecting to so soon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or in in my family's case, you just ignore it and they'll yeah. find out about it later in seventh grade um, <laughs> or sixth grade. Um, so I loved every single review for this movie. And if, if you want to go on Common Sense Media to read them, please do. It was really hard for me to pick my favorites because people's opinions about this particular movie are very strong um (laughs) this these were adult reviews the following were adult reviews and i love them uh this one was three stars cool 80s movie the star of the movie we see an egg (laughs) and the sperm racing to the egg baby mikey is cute and wise cute and wise is that what he says (laughs) review (laughs) oh it's good okay the second review another adult review there are two sex scenes in the movie the f word is used once the lord's name is said in vain all the while the woman is having an affair with a married man (laughs) i love the all the while okay this one is a, a really good one quote i don't care who you are or what you think you know babies that talk are funny This kid blabs about everything and everyone, even about his mama's chest, because she has his milk in there. (laughs) Ha ha! This good stuff! And and who don't like John Travolta? That man is one of the best actors of all Tim. (laughs) This is a great movie for babies and baby lovers of all time. Period. Forever. Period. End quote. I love that review because it's just so wholesome. Um, there was one review from a 16-year-old that I really wanted to share. Um, yeah. I don't really know where I can start here. Okay, it's a long one, so let me cut through here. Quote, I love it. It's funny. It is educational when it comes to sex. My mom used it to teach us about sex. It has several profanities, but you won't notice it until after the first times you watch. Please watch this and keep the 80s alive. <laughs> I love these reviews. 
These are pretty good. These are some of the better ones we've seen. No Lou Gehrig's disease level, but still very good. <laughs> that one really fucked me up for a few weeks. I couldn't... Every time I thought about it, I had to, like, take a breath. <laughs> um, But yeah, you know, people love this movie. This is a, a, a very well-liked movie by people, not critics. I 100% can see i mean it's it's what you describe it's a movie that just your family will watch all yeah. the time over and over. we had movies like that like and so uh yeah i mean it, i i don't like think the invention it, of lying no that was okay look <laughs> that was that was for me but no like my family <laughs> like so my family would watch like ferris bueller's day off like all okay. the all the fucking time yeah um, another movie set in chicago another another chicago movie like we would watch that one. What? You guys are obsessed with Chicago. Yeah, um, it, we would watch that one all the time because my mom loved it growing up, and then like we watched it probably younger than we should have, but we would watch it all the time, like at least once a year. Okay. Um, the other one was uh, the the musical uh, Little Shop of Horrors, right? Oh, nice, nice. With uh, with Rick Moranis, um, we would watch that one all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like. And while I think both of those are significantly better films than Look Who's Talking, I could definitely see something like like you're with your family, like, well, you guys want to watch? Ah, let's watch Look Who's Talking again. Yeah. We all we all have fun at that. We what all laugh think- when we see the jizz. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about my family that the movies we watched were Look Who's Talking and The Other Sister? <laughs> you know I love your family, but I am judging them, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Okay. The older I get, the more I realize I am a little fucked up, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And that's um, that's really kind of the message of this podcast, I feel, in many ways. Yeah, yeah. We're all a little fucked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one was a more enjoyable one compared to many others we've watched. Yeah. It wasn't as much of a slog as I thought. Yeah. So again, I know I'm not gonna say what next week's selection is. Yeah, it's a surprise. I, I don't think you've watched it yet, Nadia. I've uh, seen it because my nephews watched it a lot as okay. children. Yeah. Uh, I just watched it for the first time yesterday and fucking strap in for that one, folks. <laughs> uh, probably should uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe uh, on whatever your favorite podcast app is. Please leave a review. Uh, that really helps the show. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye, especially to the Italians. <laughs> Buongiorno. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's hello. Uh, God damn it. Well, just stop. Round, round, get around, I get around, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around, round, get around, I get around, from town to town, get around, I get around, I'm a real cool head, get around, I get around, I'm a real cool brown, get around, I get around, I'm getting bugged up and down the same old strip, I gotta find a new place where the kids are hip. Well, if God isn't me, you're getting real well known. And the bad guys know us and they leave us alone. I get around, round, get around, I get around. From town to town, round, round, get around, I get around. I'm a real cool head. Round, round, get around, I get around.